welcome to Songs in the Key Off, a podcast about songs. These might be old songs, new songs, or middle-aged songs, anything that takes my fancy, really. Sometimes these shows will be themed around an idea, a person, a genre, or some other concept. Other times, they will simply reflect my latest obsessions, my new favourite bands, those songs I can't get out of my head. So, let's get on with it. A fair old while, I dedicated one of these episodes to the theme of Sweden. There's something magnetically alluring about the Nordic countries to me. Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Finland and Iceland. Back in 2018, I took a solo holiday to Gothenburg in Sweden and I found it to be a spectacularly wonderful experience. Wandering around the crisp coldness of Sweden's second city, drinking in the culture of museums, music and life on the serene islands just off the coast. I'd love to go back. Some years previous to that, I'd spent a few days on holiday in Reykjavik in Iceland, where it was even colder. It was a quieter, calmer way of life all the way up there. Reykjavik may be the capital of Iceland, but it felt no busier than a large-ish British town. There was something utterly enticing about it, cosy even. While in Iceland, I obviously made a beeline for record shops to see what music by local bands and artists I could discover while I was out there. I knew about Sigur Rós and I knew about Björk, but I wanted to dig a little deeper and find out what else there was to Icelandic music. Iceland may only have a population of 366,000, equitable to just over the population of Coventry, but it's something of a musical magnet, having in its time attracted Blur, John Grant and the XX to record songs in the world's northernmost capital. There's an annual music festival, Icelandic Airwaves, but most importantly, a list as long as Thor's arm of homegrown bands and artists to fall in love with. Here then is a podcast profiling just 10 of them, songs in the key of the top of the world. One of the first Icelandic bands I discovered for myself was an act from Reykjavik called Leaves. You can tell how long ago it was I bought their first album by the fact it still got a normal selling price 10.99 MVC cardholders price 9.99 label clinging like a limpet to the jewel case of the CD. Leaves' debut album Breathe came out in 2002 and I devoured it playing it endlessly to myself for weeks on end in that year. To my ears, they bore a fair bit of stylistic similarity to Manchester's Doves, whom I adored at the time and still do. Listening back to Leaves though, as to be honest I haven't done for quite a while, I'm now detecting a slight similarity to the Arch Merchants of Bland Coldplay, although I'd like to think that the lead singer Arne Gerthjonsson doesn't sound quite as much of a wet lettuce as the ex-husband of the face of Goop. There does seem to be a fair bit more depth to leaves. Breathe is an atmospheric delight. It's a generally slow-paced record with a weight to it. Cinematic in scope, soaring in melodic dexterity. Call it angst, call it low-level torment, call it what you will. It was a perfectly placed record for someone in his final year at university to be listening to when not working his way through Bell and Sebastian albums or the Smiths back catalogue. 
For the opening gambit in this Icelandic special, let's listen to a bit of one of the songs from the album by the name of Deep Blue. It's an atmospheric track teeming with tension as it opens with footsteps, the sound of waves and chilling chimes. There are grainy guitars to add a sense of swampiness, while other sounds swoop and swirl around. As you might imagine with a musical accompaniment like this and a title like Deep Blue, it's a song about the mire of depression and misery and the physical sensations resulting from a troubled mind. How can I get rid of the lines around my eyes? Will your soul help brighten my complexion? My skin is dry, my head is troubling me again. There's a desperation to cling on to another person in the hope that they will help to release our narrator from the mire, but I'm not entirely convinced it's going to work. starting proceedings with the lullaby strains of Amina, whose records are deliciously chilled, wondrously tender and mesmerisingly gentle. Their music blends the sounds of electronica and traditional instruments seamlessly into a beautiful ethereal sound, using layered minimalist techniques to allow musical ideas to flow in and out freely. Take Rugla, for example, the second piece from 2007's awe-inspiring debut album, Kerr. There are strings in there, together with human voices, tuned percussion and a theremin. The result is a gorgeous cycle of softly formed musical motifs that will lull you into the calmest of tranquil moments. I love it.
keen listeners to this podcast will know I love a good compilation and this next tune proves that rule. I first heard this next song on a 2009 compilation album by the Danish DJ and producer Anders Trent Merler called Harbour Boat Trips 01 Copenhagen. That song was Lifesaver from Emiliana Torini's gorgeous 2005 album The Fisherman's Woman and it was the highlight of the whole compilation. Its presence on an album called Harbour Boat Trips was entirely understandable, featuring as it does the sound of a boat creaking to the movement of the waves upon which it sits. Emiliana Torini's hushed vocals, the wheezing melodica and the undulating guitar rising and falling in volume from the very, very quiet to just plain old quiet and back again, all form a delightfully atmospheric sound. It's only when you really concentrate on the lyrics that you find that everything is not quite as it should be. In Lifesaver, Emiliana Torini is documenting a rather disturbing relationship with an unsettling power imbalance. The Lifesaver in question, it turns out, is something of a self-appointed saviour, stepping in at a time of his own choosing for maximum effect, forever convinced of his own absolute rightness. With just a handful of words, Torini perfectly captures this view of an unrepentant narcissist and a waking up to their tricks. Lifesaver marks the point of recognition that this has to end. This form of lifesaving is actually saving no one at all. The song is simple, elegant and utterly lethal in its observation. Lifesaver Your timing's really strange Catch me later But can you please be And it's funny how your thoughts think they're right at all And it's funny how your cause makes no sense at all Lifesaver Let's play a Funny how it seems you're doing things And it's funny how you find your peace of mind Lifesaver I'm cancelling our day one of the albums I picked up while visiting Iceland around a decade ago was Arabian Horse by Guskus, which was released in 2011. I knew nothing about Guskus 
other than the artwork for the album featured a striking black and white image of a horse, one assumes of the Arabian variety, amidst the fog. There was one other thing. The album was everywhere. Any shop selling CDs and records had this front and centre of their displays, and the little card reviews written by the sales assistant seemed to be frothing with praise. And so I shall too. Arabian Horse is a trancy record that doesn't quite manage to muster the energy to head from the chill-out lounge to the dance floor, although it has just about managed to pull itself up from the sofa to have an engaged chat with a fellow reveller. But that doesn't make it any less compelling. The beats pound heavily, but they do so at a leisurely pace, allowing the melodies to unravel themselves in their own time. For a proper introduction to this record, let's start at the beginning. Track 1, Side 1. Selfos, named after a town in the south of Iceland, where Wikipedia tells me so it must be true, Björk lived as a child. Selfos, the tune, is a ghostly sounding track that sounds like it might just be bursting at the seams. There's a tension to the tune, as if any minute now it could completely explode. The beats are heavy and the swampy electronic melody prowls around intently. Even when the volume cranks up, the restraint is still there, the danger nearer, the tension higher, but it manages to hold itself back. Instead, right at the end, all the tension and pressure subsides, and the folky sound of accordion and mandolin take over, slowly at first, then getting louder and louder, faster and faster. It's the perfect, if not rather surprisingly folky finale to one of my favourite moments in Icelandic music. just as easily have appeared on the Songs in the Key of Not Songs episode from a few weeks back because it is just that, a tune, not a song. For a minor reflection come from that kind of post-rock school of thought that Mogwai and Explosions in the Sky went to, Dancey Dance comes from an album I could do very little in the way of justice in attempting to pronounce, so I'll just say it's the one they released in 2010. This piece in particular is particularly uplifting, galloping along like, well, an Arabian horse. There's a beautiful descending piano motif that permeates the whole thing, 
while a heavier progression of thumped out octaves at the bass end of the keyboard adds to the splendid urgency of the whole thing. It's surrounded by chimes and drums and strings and guitars and it's all rather wonderful. If David Attenborough ever tires of Seagull Roz for his soundtracks, he won't need to leave Iceland to find a suitable alternative. There's one Icelandic band I remember being quite drawn to a few years back, probably before my trip to Iceland. So drawn to them was I that I discovered during my preparations for this podcast that I've got five albums by them. They go by the name of Mum. That's M-U-M with an acute accent on the U. The albums are almost worth getting for their titles alone going by names like 2000's rather nonchalant. Yesterday was dramatic, today is okay. Finally, We Are No One from 2002 and 2009's Sing Along to Songs You Don't Know. Their music is at once quirky, imaginative, experimental, strangely soothing and reassuringly odd. For entry number six in the Songs in the Key of the Top of the World Hall of Fame, I've decided to offer you a snippet of a tune from their most recent album, 2013's Smile Wound, the last track of which features everyone's favourite Antipodean Kylie Minogue. I will leave you to enjoy the shimmering sounds that introduce the hushed vocals of Ms Minogue singing about bleeding like a pig and chewing like a cannibal on whistle in your own time. Meanwhile, let me play you a marvellous tune from the album called When Girls Collide. It's rather more fast-paced than your average mum song, but there's plenty of plinkety-plonkety noises, together with some rather heavy squelches in the lower register. It whizzes around like a clockwork toy, a million things happening all at the same time, culminating with a chorus of people singing, It's time to break this bloody spell, it's time to blow shit back to hell. I have no idea whatsoever what the song means. There's stuff in there about bits of flesh and eyeballs burning in the night, which doesn't quite match the light to the touch feel of the music. But please, don't have nightmares. Let's just enjoy the music, if you can. When girls collide, bits of flesh and 
The Icelandic techno DJ and producer Bjarki can create tunes to raise the roof and tunes to completely crash out to. In, as you remember, he's kind of found the best of both worlds with an intense sounding piece of glorious synthetica complete with a relentless churning drum pattern that samples the recordings of Mission Control's conversations with the astronauts aboard an Apollo mission. Public Service Broadcasting, of course, did a similar thing on their Race for Space album, but the intoxicating thrill of space travel never gets old, and the trance accompaniment to the sound of people exploring the final frontier is a perfect marriage. You'll like this. Grondal's album Astro Cat Lullaby, released in 2011, was one of the large handful of albums I picked up while in Iceland. Rather shamefully, it's not an album I've listened to much at all. Shameful, because it's actually very, very good. Astro Cat Lullaby has a subtle international flavour, with percussive rhythms you might find in sub-Saharan Africa, pentatonic accompaniments inspired by the Far East, and a vocal dexterity recording the sounds of songs of the Middle East. But these are most definitely subtle flavours. This album is by no means Paul Simon's Graceland. It could, though, be a long-lost Kate Bush album, and you really can see why Raga Grondal could be mistaken for the Buster of Clouds. It's not just the vocals, but there's something of the theatricality of Grondal's music that reminds you of Kate Bush. There are similarities in her use of the piano and backing harmonies, while her melodies and stylistic flourishes also contain strong hints of Bexley Heath's premier export. And usually that kind of thing would be a problem. People who sound like other people will usually get dismissed as being just derivative or unimaginative. 
usually by precisely the same people who are so desperate to pigeonhole bands and artists within clearly defined categories. But the thing is, the songs on Astro Cat Lullaby are nevertheless imaginative and ambitious. They are, in a word, spectacular. Let's take as an example Wise Man's Song, the second song on the album which brims with drama and tension. There's an enticing sense of mystery about the song. Those relentless drums, including timpani, the rolling piano. It's a song about being lost inside your head, of being restless, of needing resolution. The music and lyrics are perfectly matched. The intensity, the magic of Raga Grandal's voice. I think I may well need to listen to more from this rather amazing artist. He calls me three times in a Another album I picked up on that brief stay in Reykjavik was a bizarre looking CD by a band who, for reasons best known to themselves, had named themselves after a famous docks in South Essex. Well you would, wouldn't you? The artwork for Tilbury's Exercise looked like some kind of proposal for a new set of monsters on Doctor Who. A couple of figures dressed in 1940s clothing but sporting green globular skin which dripped down from their faces and linked the pair together. It was almost worth buying the album for the weird artwork alone. So, needless to say, I did. Tilbury's music is, for the most part, a fairly gentle, inoffensive form of indie pop, but that doesn't mean to say it's unimaginative. Slow Motion Fighter opens with a brooding soundscape quite possibly inspired by the retro-futurism of Vangelis' Blade Runner soundtrack before drums and guitars kick in, before being joined by the thick Icelandic accent of the vocals. Even though the pace kind of quickens, there remains a feeling of foreboding to the tune, like everything is not quite as it should be. Everything is just a little off-kilter about this song, and that is very often just the way I like it.
would you like to listen to an extract from an album inspired by the mass suicide of mankind and destruction of life led by capitalism and toxic masculinity? Well, you're in luck because I just happen to have such an extract up my sleeve for the closing moments of this episode. As soon as I read the description of Solly's 2021 album Mother Melancholia on her Bandcamp page, I knew this was going to be an album for me, mainly because at heart, I'm a miserable bugger. If after reading that description, you were in any doubt about what Mother Melancholia might be like prior to listening, the artwork for the record featuring a skeleton in a beautiful dress and ornate crown, a kind of logical conclusion to the fate of Miss Havisham, will provide all the confirmation you'll need. Solly's voice is a whisper of a thing, the musical equivalent of the thinnest of gauze. It wanders around in the highest of registers, while the strangest of sounds wheeze, whirl and groan around her. Desert is the standout track, a slow-paced funereal march, recalling elements of Portishead's trip-hop sobriety, rich in sound, heartbreaking in melody, and spellbindingly delicious. So there you have it, 10 songs in the key of the top of the world. I hope you like them in a disturbing, unnerving, slightly off-kilter kind of way. Let me know what you thought of them by responding to the Instagram post for this episode. I'm always on the lookout for new music, whether that's actually new or just new to me. So if you're in a band or an artist and you want to share some of your music with me, please do get in touch via the songs in the key of Instagram. I'll be back sooner or later with more songs in the key of something or other else. In the meantime, have a marvellous few days and nights till we meet again. Mm-hmm.